Welcome to New Hope and the teaching ministry of Pastor Randy Rainwater. Somebody says something about you on social media. It's a real emotion, but it's not truth. Knowing the difference between what's real and what's true is the key thing here. How do you live that out? Today, Pastor Randy is teaching from Psalm 119 and Luke chapter 5 as he continues the Changed by Jesus series. Here's Pastor Randy. Well, good morning, New Hope. Open your Bibles up, if you would, to the Gospel according to the physician Luke chapter 5, beginning at verse 27. Just going to read two verses here, and then we're going to flip over to Psalm 119, verses 9 to 16. Going to be talking today about actions and attitudes. How do we truly change the way that we are in terms of the way we feel and think, but also what we do? And I believe God's word has something to speak to this. We've been talking about how Jesus acted out of his identity, that he was the beloved, that Jesus' actions were something that God was well-pleased in. He had been tested in the wilderness, but that he would get away to spend time in prayer. So the first thing, if we wanna be changed by Jesus, we have to know this, that is we have to make sure that we have specific times away that we pray. And we pray, and as we talked about last week, we pray, and we start praying for people, and then we watch the Spirit of God moving in us and through us and stepping into people's lives. And we're gonna see that. That's the kairos. That's those God moments, those God-appointed moments. So we get away and we pray, acting out of who we are in Christ, in, in the Father. We get away and we pray, and we start asking him to move us and start moving through us. But watch this in Luke chapter five, verse 27. This is after he had healed the leper. This is after the power of God was on him through that prayer to heal the paralyzed man and forgive the paralyzed man. It says this, after this he went out and he saw a tax collector named Levi. This is not the genes, this is just Levi from the Bible. Sitting at the tax booth. And he said to him, follow me. Now look at this, verse 28. And leaving everything, he rose and followed Jesus. Followed him. Some of your Bibles say Jesus, some say him. Flip over to Psalm 119. How do you you follow Jesus? What is the practical way? Well, Here's the interesting thing. When we read something in the New Testament that Jesus does, there's going to be correlation in the Old Testament because Jesus would be speaking on, acting on a truth that has already been applied, has already been taught. He's now applying it in the New Testament. So it's a truth that's happened in the Old Testament. It's applied in the New Testament. Psalm 119, just gonna work through this text. Verses nine to 16. How can a young man keep his way pure? Uh, you could easily put the word young woman. How could a young person, this, is, this was written in a time that men were generally the ones spoken to. When men were speaking, uh, a man is writing this and a man would generally write the word man. But you could easily write woman in here. There's no problem there. How does someone keep their way pure? How do you you keep your way pure? This is the question and answer. Here's the big question. How do you keep your way pure? 
And here's the answer, by guarding it. The most guarded place in the world is the Fort Knox Gold Bullion Depository. It's a place where the government puts its gold reserve, and that gold is meant there to keep a stability in the economy. I don't know how that works exactly economically today. I just know the U.S. government thinks it's real important. We have a picture of the gold depository here. This is the most guarded place in the world. When, when I was a little kid, I had my brother James and my brother Vernon went through basic training there, and it was also the place of the Patton Armor Museum, and my dad was a fighter, a, war, a warrior in World War II under General Patton. And my dad would take me to that, to Fort Knox, and whether my brothers were there or not, and we would go and tour that armor museum. I loved going to Fort Knox. And one of the highlights was going by this place. This was, this was also the, the focal point of one of the early James Bond movies. If you remember that name, you remember the name of that movie? Goldfinger. They were not trying to steal the gold because listen, it is impossible it's practically impossible to steal the gold. You, you couldn't. So in that movie, they were gonna set off a nuclear weapon and make it so people couldn't get around the gold. I'm not exactly sure how that would have changed anything because you can't take it out of there anyway. But here's the security around this. There's, there's fences, of course, but the fences is not what truly makes it secure. Things that I've read says this. It says that there's landmines all in there, that there are lasers going across the field, and there are machine guns that are automatically triggered. There are guards there. There is, there is an armored division there. There are also 40,000 U.S. military personnel at Fort Knox. You might potentially get in if you took out all those defenses, but once you got in, no one, no one person knows the combination to open the door most secured place in the world. That's, this word guard is that powerful. How do you guard this? Well, you guard it according to something. What's it say right there in your Bibles? According to your word. If you guard something in the wrong way, applying something in the way that it's supposed to be applied is incredibly important. I'm gonna have my friend Josh come up here and help me with this. I just wanna show you this in a really practical way. So. If you guys that are, if you're watching online, uh, if you would applaud, here's Josh Elman. He's our youth pastor. What's up, y'all? Speaking of U.S. Army, there you go. Look at that. It's the warmest jacket did I Did you ever get to go to Fort Knox? I did not. You did I not go to Fort been. Knox. We'll, to we'll go to Fort Knox sometime. Deal. Yeah, deal. So, Josh, do you like potato chips? I love potato chips. Uh, you're a youth pastor. Come on. Yeah. So go ahead and open these. These are baked, a little healthier. I, oh, thank you, I know it's, it's recorded, and I know your wife's going to make sure that I've fed you correctly and all that. So... These are sour cream and onion. And I know you're Cuban, so you like spicy flavors. Oh, that's right. Go ahead and have another one, because you know you just can't eat just, oh, can't eat just one. Mm. Yeah, go ahead and have another one. Go ahead and okay. have another one, yeah. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? That's great. Yeah, I'm gonna be honest, I'm hungry right now. So, you guys, if you're watching, you like a potato chip, I mean, you can go to the fridge and get you one. Real okay, fun. good chips, all right? Yes, now, what do you need after you've had potato chip? Ooh, Coke. Coke. Well, it just so happens, not only do I have Coke, <laughs> this, feel that, okay? Ooh. I had it in the freezer beforehand, Josh. It's ice perfect. Cold. Josh, I also have the red Solo cup filled with ice. Got 
God bless you, sir. This is great. So go ahead and open that up. Oh, yes, sir. Whoa, 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 hang on. Just let me get your opener. Here you go. Here's your opener. Josh, let me move this away. I, I don't want this to get all splattered. Go ahead. You can go ahead and open the Coke. We did not rehearse this, by the way. Go ahead and open the Coke, Josh. You sure? <laughs> what, what's wrong? I think it's the wrong tool, sir. The wrong tool? Mm-hmm. Well, let me ask you this question. How do you know what's the appropriate way to open a Coke? I mean, I've done it before. You just, you just stick a little tool thing on there. Just... You stick a little tool thing on there. What, what tool do you use to open the Coke? Fingernail, Your sir. fingernail, okay. Very little. But... Yeah, a little fingernail. Well, but, but how do you know that, Josh? I've drank thousands of Cokes. Okay, but, but how do you know that's the right way? How do you know this isn't the right way to open the Coke? Well, because be, it would be effective. Oh, I would definitely. It would definitely it, open the Coke. Coke. Yeah, there would be Coke everywhere. Yes, yeah. I've used this before, but I mean, on difficult things, not soft. Josh, do you know that this morning I got online on Coca-Cola website <laughs> and I asked them, how do you open a can of Coke? And they said, <laughs> and the, the answer was, are you saying you have a defective can of Coke? And I said, no, I just want to know how to open a can of Coke. And they said, we don't understand. And, you know, I'm talking to this person, you know, probably, you know, somewhere else, maybe in, in downtown Atlanta, maybe not. And, and, they're, and they were totally confused because it seems like such an obvious thing, doesn't it? Yes, sir. It seems like such an obvious thing. So, Josh, go ahead and open that up. My pleasure. And, and pour, that, pour that Coke. Oh, that's a nice sound. Yeah. Sound of freedom. <laughs> sound of freedom. Look at that. Yes, Lord. Oh, that's a beautiful thing. It's foamy. Yes, sir. Josh, you can go down there and enjoy your chips and your Coke. I will. Thank you. Thank you. So here's the thing. We may not know exactly how to open a can of Coke, but the Bible says how we can guard our way. It gives us very direct ways. It says, according to your word, that we either see our lives and the world first, and we look at God's word through our lives in the world, or we look at our lives and the world through the word of God. And if we do that, it changes everything. So here's the first thing, is the actions. What, what do we do? If we wanna get to the right way of guarding our lives, if we wanna get to the right way of keeping our way pure, and by the way, Josh, you're still down there, let me ask you, how much of my spit would you want in the Coke? Like, no spit, no spit, okay? If I like went over to the garden, got some manure, and some leaves and stuff. How much manure and leaves would you want in the Coke? No manure or leaves. Pure. Pure literally means the way it was designed. It doesn't just mean clean. It means using something in the way it was designed. How do you keep your way pure? How do you live out your life in the way it was designed? So here's what he says. Here's the actions. There's actions and there's attitude. Verse 10. With my whole heart, I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandment. Here's the first thing. I call this the prayer of direction. Lord, I'm, I'm asking you, I'm seeking after you. I do not wanna wander from your commands. This sounds a lot like the Lord's Prayer. 
when he says, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Give us the right direction. So the first thing is this prayer of direction. With my whole heart, I seek you. Here's the action. I'm going after what God says is truth. I'm going after what what God wants. I am not gonna wander away from the things. Here's the second thing that, that we do in terms of action. And that is we memorize it. Look what it says. I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. It's an interesting thing that the first thing it says is I've stored up the word in my heart that I might not sin against you. The heart, the Bible says, the heart is desperately wicked and who can know it? It is deceitful above all things. By the heart, it literally means our emotion here. Let me ask you this question. You're driving down the road, somebody cuts you off in traffic. Does your heart immediately go to, wow, they're probably in a big hurry right now. They probably need to get to the hospital. That's not my thought. I'm sitting watching a UK basketball game. They're they're down by one point and there's five seconds left and they have the ball at half court. And Anita says, hey honey, could you go to the store and get some milk? Or could you take out the garbage? Where, where does my heart go to? You, you get a paperback. Students, you get a paperback in school. You've worked so hard on this. This is your theme. It's like the Red Rider BB gun theme. You, you want to get an A on this theme, and the teacher writes back C minus. Maybe they even write a note like, you totally misunderstood what this was about. Well, how do you... Guard your heart. How do, you, how do you do that? Well, you store up in your heart the word of God so that when you have something happen to you, the emotion has to go through the word of God. Listen, the Bible is incredibly specific about this that you have to know what truth is. You have to know the difference between what is real, real emotions, because you're driving down the road, somebody cuts you off, it's a real emotion. Somebody says something about you on social media. It's a real emotion, but it's not truth. Knowing the difference between what's real and what's true is the key thing here. How do you live that out? Well, you have to store up God's word. If you're going to change your character, you have to change your truth. If you're gonna change your character, you have to change your truth. There's a story about a nest of birds that was growing up together. And this one bird was, was never quite like the other birds in the nest. And the reality is this bird had been in the nest and this turkey buzzard, and you know we have those around here, some people call them turkey vultures. When they're in the sky flying, they, they, they look beautiful when they're flying. But when they land, you know they're about this tall, they're ginormous birds. And, and they're scavengers, they eat dead things. Well, this, this little bird was in the nest and this turkey vulture came in the nest and it laid eggs where this little bird was and the eggs hatched and it, was, and it grew up with these turkey buzzards and the turkey buzzards would always go down to eat things on the road and this bird wouldn't do it. And finally, one day, it, it sees this bald eagle swooping down in a lake and it grabs this salmon about this big and it flies off 
into the ground. And this little bird who's now grown up into an adult bird realizes that the whole time it was an eagle, not a turkey vulture. It wasn't built to scavenge. If you're going to change your character, you've gotta change your truth. As long as you're trying to live according to a set of standards that are not truth, you're gonna act in ways that are not truth. That's why you've gotta store up God's word in your heart. And then look at this. Here's the third thing in terms of action. You have to study it. You have to look at it. You have to examine it. Blessed are you, verse 12, O Lord, teach me your statutes. It doesn't just mean say them. It doesn't just mean memorize them. Understand them. Dig into God's word. There's a, a pattern that we have. We send it out every day in the email. You can sign up and get these emails every day. And we're going through the Bible in the course of a year. And if you're behind, don't worry about it. Just, just jump in. And this is the pattern. Look, understand, grow. Open your Bible up and look. What did the text say about who, where, and what? Understand. What did God tell Why does God tell us this? What did I not understand? That's the understand part. So look at it. Who, what, when, where. Then understand. Why is God telling us this? this? Why do we need to know it? And then lastly, grow. What do I do about this? Let, let me also give you one other application that, that I've not really heard other teachers say, and that's this. Not just what do I do about it, what do I change? But let me ask you this. Is there something or someone I enjoy because of this. We, we ultimately are not going to do things long-term that we don't gain any measure of enjoyment. Not everything's fun. Not, physical training isn't necessarily fun. We're gonna talk about that in a minute. But is there, is there something about this text that's telling me that I'm reading, that's telling me there are things I should enjoy? Sometimes you gotta recalibrate your thermostat. In the student room over here, we had a problem, and the problem was it was cold all the time. And we would walk in, and people would say, we're freezing, and, and you'd go and you'd look at the thermostat, and it would say it was like 70 degrees. The problem was someone had gone in and recalibrated the thermostat to the wrong temperature. So we had to go in and recalibrate the thermostat. You may be getting joy from the wrong things. How do you change that? Well, if you're gonna change your character, you gotta change your truth. As long as you're living like a turkey buzzard, if you're an eagle, you're not gonna be content. And if you're a child of God and you're trying to apply the ways of the world in your life, you are not gonna be at peace. You gotta study God's word, memorize God's word. But it doesn't stop there. Because here's the next thing that you have to do. In addition to having this, you've gotta start speaking God's word. With my lips, I declare all the rules of your mouth. You've gotta start being in Jesus conversations. Do you have people in your life that you can have Jesus conversations with? You've gotta have people in your life that you can sit down and talk about the Bible with, about what's going on in your life. It, we were not made to be isolated. We were made to be in community. So be in Jesus conversations. So I just wanna read Go back through that, that we pray, then we memorize God's word, we study God's word, and we speak God's word, we talk about God's word. So that's the actions. 
but there's an attitude change that happens as well. One of my former students is a coach with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And when they were in town, I got to go down and visit with him at the team hotel. It was just, it was really great. I, I loved this kid growing up. He was just, he was a great, great kid, was at everything, was one of our student leaders. I loved his heart. I loved hanging out with him. He was just always this wonderful young man. It didn't surprise me at all that he went on to, to do amazing things and be in leadership in, in, with a group of football players. But a couple things, you know, last couple years ago, something changed with his team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What was that change? They got a new quarterback. Now, they had a great coaching staff before. They had a great defense before. But something changed. Mr. Tom Brady walks into the room. And when Tom Brady walks onto your, onto your team bus, it's a different team bus. When Tom Brady is on the practice field, it's a different practice field. It's not just that the actions change. They were doing drills and all those things before, but the attitude changed. They instantly believed that they could win. They went from being a team that wasn't winning to being a team that believed it could win. When, when you start changing your attitude, not just your actions, but your attitude, things become different. How do you change that attitude? Verse 14. I love what this says because he says this. In the way of your testimonies, look at this, I delight as much as in all riches. See God's word as best. Against the advice of other people, against the advice of the culture. And by the way, if, if you come here on Sundays or you're watching online and you listen to me teach for 30, 35, 40 minutes and we sing songs, Maybe, even, maybe you're a student and you come to youth group and you come to big church and maybe you're a middle schooler, you come to Wednesday night. Man, Lug is so fun here. It is so fun. They play games and they worship and Josh teaches. You're, you're in kids' life and, and you go and you hear one of the teachers and, and maybe you're at a kids' life club as well. You're still talking at most three, four hours a week. The average teenager today is on social media over six hours a day over six hours a day. Throw into that television. Throw into that watching videos, watching movies. Four hours a week versus 30, 40 hours minimal of other input. I just wanna ask you this question. Which of those things is gonna have bigger balance, bigger voice in your life? Why would you study this, read this, why would you watch The Chosen instead of something else? It's very simple. You have to see this as best. If you see this as best, it's going to change the way you view it. And I will just contend this. If you don't have a hunger for God's word, two things. Ask for a hunger for God's word. But stop and ask yourself the question, do I want this? Do I really want, do I want God's word to, to have sway in my life? Do I want it to be the balancing figure in my life? Because you're going to do what you think is most important at the end of the day. You're going to do the things that matter to you the most at the end of the day. 
Here's the next thing. I meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your way. You have to choose your path. So you see God's word is best and you choose your path. And then here's the last one. I think this is so important. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. You have to enjoy it. When you start living the way that God calls you to, it may not be easy at first. There's an, and which, which comes first, action or attitude? I, I'm not always sure which changes first. Sometimes I think it's a cycle and, and you grow a little bit. Maybe you start with an attitude change and you move to an, to an action. Maybe you start by doing things better and then your attitude changes. But here's the thing that I think is just really important. You have to remember this. You have to enjoy it. And when you start delighting in those choices, everything changes. I was thinking about this and the why of it. Why would we do that? Well, the first thing, again, you go back to that. You have to see it as best. You have to be in a place where you choose the path. I meditate on your precepts, fix my eyes on your ways, and then start enjoying God's word. Start enjoying that relationship. Start enjoying the people in your lives that are walking with God. Start seeing the things in your life. I will never forget being at fallout and being with Carter Sheldon and him coming up to me because he was emceeing at fallout and he came up to me in tears and he said, Randy, God's using me. I never knew what this would feel like. When God starts using your life, and he will, he will, but you have to choose that path. It's not always easy. I wanted to leave you with just a word of encouragement today. Because look, I don't like setting my alarm 15 minutes earlier than anybody else does in this room. I like sleep. I wake up pretty easy, but I like sleep. So I asked Coach Carter from Grayson for a great motivational point. This is what he said. The pain you feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow. The pain you feel today will be the strength you feel tomorrow. Nobody likes those, that first day of training. And whether you're an archer tiger or you're a Grayson ram or a Hebron lion or an L, what's LCA? Lions, you're an LCA lion. I should know that. I'll get to a game this week. Which, whatever of those you are, if it's, if it's basketball, n- nobody loves dribbling around cones at the beginning of the season. Nobody likes shooting 100 free throws a day. But I'm just gonna ask you this question. You're in the state championship game. There's one second left, and you're standing on the free throw line. One second left, you're one point down, and the referee hands you the ball. That's a great moment. That's a great moment. You don't make those free throws because you want to. You don't make those free throws because you think they're important. 
You make those free throws because you want to, you think they're important, and you have spent hour upon hour upon hour at that free throw line. And you shoot that free throw, and it goes through that net, and they lift you up and they carry you off that floor. And you go, every second was worth it. And this is what I would just tell you, church. When you see God use your life, it's so much bigger than that. My friend Randy Scott played for the Crimson Tide, two-time national champion, team captain one year, played in the NFL. We were talking about what it was like to win a national title. And we were in a room full of kids one night and we were doing praise and worship. And he walked up to me and he said, not as good as this, not as good as this. Attitudes and actions through God's word. He's worth following. And the way we follow him is through his word. So I just encourage you this week to spend some time going through God's word, focusing in on God's word, studying God's word, and seeing the difference that it makes in your life. Let's pray. Lord, my prayer for everyone watching today and for the ones in this room that are watching here live today, Lord, I pray that they would make a commitment to study your word. And I would just ask you, wherever you're at right now, to just, to just put your hand over your heart. And if you got your Bible, that's even better. And choose to guard your heart with the word of God. That word have I hidden my heart that I might not sin against you. Because it changes us. It changes what we think. It changes what we feel. It changes our actions. It changes our attitudes. And it changes them forever. Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. I'm Myrna Brown.